Good morning, everybody. We are so glad that you are watching with us. Guys, today is a very special day, and we want to say Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, moms, for investing in the lives of the generations after you. We celebrate you today, and we love you. And I also want to say that we all have very special women in our life who have made an impact on our journey. And to them, I want to say, to the women who make our world lovelier, sweeter, and richer, to the women who birth beauty and compassion, to the women whose legacy is making much of the name of Jesus, thank you for all you do to make our world a better place by fulfilling the call God has placed on your life. Our world and our church is better because of you. And we celebrate you this morning as well. Well, guys, I'm super excited. Uh, for today's message. And uh, it's something that has really been on my heart lately for myself and for my family, but also for my church family and our community. So I'm very excited, okay? Are you ready? Here we go. So today uh, we are calling this message Cause and Effect. Um, a cause and effect relationship is when something happens that makes something else happen. Like if I don't brush my teeth, I'm gonna get five cavities. <laughs> or if I flip the light switch on, the light will come on. So a cause and effect relationship. But today I wanna to talk about God's presence equals change. So being in the presence of God causes an effect on our behavior and what we look like, right? So we all know we all know this in our head and we all say that we experience it, but do we really seek after the presence of God enough to experience the change that comes from being in his presence? Not seeking change, but seeking the presence of God and, and just spending time in his presence. And as a result, we don't come out the same way we went into his presence, right? Um, so. What does that look like? I wanna share a few stories today from the Bible about people who spent time in the presence of God and what it looked like after they were with him. So, um, how did they experience the presence of God? We're gonna to go to Exodus 34, 29 through 35. It says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimonies in his hand, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. I'm gonna read that part again. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. And afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put on a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Guys, Moses went into the presence of God and when he came back down to the people, he looked different. His countenance had changed. It was something about being with God and experiencing the presence of God that changed the physical way he looked, right? And people noticed. 
I want to read another story. Let's go to Acts 9. And I'm going to read, it's a little long, but we're going to read it together. So grab your Bibles and uh, we're going to read 1 through 19. Okay. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go to the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see anything. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind. He did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called, him in, uh, called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. Come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man, all of the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Now, guys, I know that's a long story, but there's so much stuff packed into this one story. Saul was on his way to put followers of the way, as it says, which are Christ's followers, into prison. And guess what happened on that road? The presence of God showed up as a light, right? And something happened to Saul. There was a cause and effect. Because he experienced the presence of God this way, his vision changed. His perspective changed, right? And at the end, it talks about the, traje the trajectory of his life changed. He went from pursuing and imprisoning God's people to now he was going to be part of the Great Commission. God was going to use him, he said, as an instrument. Um, it says right here, an instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings. So because of Saul's time in the presence of God, it changed his vision and his perspective and the course of his whole life. Because Moses spent time in the presence of God, it changed his physical countenance. When people looked at him, there was something different about him because he had spent time in the presence of God. So, I want to share a few points with you this morning that we can practically use in our life. So, the first thing is the presence of God changes us. 
So uh, like I said earlier, this really has been on my heart and it's really been a, a personal thing for myself and for my family, especially for Emma. And um, and then I realized it's much bigger than that. It's, it's on my heart for our church family and for our community because I know what it is to be in the presence of God and I know what happens when we get into his presence. So I just want to look at ourselves this morning for a moment. Um, you cannot be in the presence of God and not be changed. We see it in scripture. If you are in God's presence, you don't stay the same, right? We, if we are not growing and changing in the presence of God, what's wrong? It's not God. He never changes, right? So what, what's happening in our hearts that change is not happening, okay? Maybe we are complacent with how we are, but I dare say it's not healthy. So I'm, I'm challenging myself as well this morning as I'm speaking. Um, from experience, when you have a baby, um, after the baby is born, they weigh the baby multiple times. Um, they're making sure the baby's getting enough food, right? And um, when Emma was born, she had a hard time with her weight. So we even had to extend our stay in the hospital until she got to a certain weight, right? And then after you get home, you go back to the hospital or to the doctor or wherever it is, and they weigh the baby more. And then you go back the next week and they weigh the baby. And then you go back two weeks later and they check and make sure the baby is growing and on track, right? And guess what? If some, if the baby is not growing and, and changing and gaining weight, there has to be a change. There has to be an adjustment. With Emma, oh my goodness, we went through so many different scenarios to finally have her start gaining weight the way she was supposed to, right? So if, if the baby is not growing, there has to be an adjustment. Something's not right, right? So why do we think it's okay to stay the same when we've experienced the presence of God. We know that there has to be growth to be healthy. So why is it any different when we enter the presence of God? Change is not always easy. Sometimes it's really hard, but it is vital to growth. So I wanna challenge us this morning. Let God change us when we're in his presence. Um, during the week, I'm, I'm trying to be intentional in our home now about creating an atmosphere where God's presence can just move in freedom and Emma can experience it. We can experience it as a family, uh, intentional about having moments where we spend time in the word and in worship together. And um, I think it's vital for what God wants to do in us. And I don't think we should be complacent with just being where we are. I think that we need to expect God to be doing something new and fresh in us each time we enter into his presence. So that's looking at ourselves this morning. That's looking at me. That's looking at my family, right? But now I want to shift from the presence of God changes us, right? Because it should. We should allow it to. And God is willing and, and waiting for us to enter into his presence and to do something new in us, right? But I want to shift from that to uh, my second point, the presence of God fulfills the Great Commission. Um, so this is for our, our church family, right? Um, it says in Matthew, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. 
And um, also in Luke 24, 46 through 47 and 49, it says, he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There, uh, there is forgiveness of sin for all who repent. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So guys, the presence of God fulfills the Great Commission and it's through us. So when we're spending time in the presence of God, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the job that God has given us, right? As a church body, we come together in different places. It might be in a building. It might be in our homes with our family where discipleship happens. It might be on a Sunday afternoon when we're at lunch with a fellow uh, Christ followers, right? Uh, but when we come together, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron, okay? We make each other stronger by our testimony. We encourage each other. We are equipped when we come together, right? Um, but it says right here, now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Guess what? We're equipped. We do what we can do. But when the Holy Spirit shows up, when his presence fills the place that we're in, that's when we are empowered to go and do what God has called us to do as a body, right? We can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's by spending time in his presence, allowing him to, um, to pour into us so that we can therefore pour into other people. So yes, we are being fed by our heavenly father, okay? And that's why it is so vital that we get into his presence, that we intentionally take action, that we walk into his presence daily, not just on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, right? But that we are intentional about being in the presence of God for ourselves, okay? That's where he pours into us so that we can pour into others and fulfill the Great Commission. So I wanted to read a couple scriptures to you, and it says, in Philippians 1, 9 to 11. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled, right? Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus to the glory and praise of God. It says it right here that when we are in his presence, we are filled with the fruit of righteous, righteousness that comes only from Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Also, another uh, verse in Acts 2, 28 refers uh, to David saying, you have shown me the way of life and you, our heavenly father, fill me with the joy of your presence, right? So um, in that, when we come together, when we are uh, when we have been in the presence of God, we know that our Heavenly Father is filling us full, right? We can fulfill as a church body the Great Commission because His love and His mercy and His compassion and His grace is overflowing out of us, right? I only want my Heavenly Father filling me because I know what will pour out of me when only God fills me, right? And that's when I am best able, able and equipped to serve the people around me. So the presence of God fulfills the Great Commission if we allow him to make those changes in us, if we allow him to pour into us. And I want to read Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. It says, 
For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Ooh, that's good. I'm going to read that again. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. From that place uh, where we enter our spirit man, right? When we're spending time with the presence of God, our spirit, our inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love of Christ is and to know that this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So I just want to challenge us today in the fact of the Great Commission. This goes to the first point, are people seeing a change in us? When Moses came down from spending time with God, the people noticed, right? They could see a difference not only was it a spiritual difference, it was a physical difference in him. So how are we looking different to the people around us when we spend time in the presence of God? Um, so the Great Commission happens in overflow of what we have experienced in God's presence. And the third thing I want to talk about today is the presence of God is for everyone. It's not for a secret group. It's not for just people that come to meet in a church building, right? Because like I said earlier, the church is a body. It is for everyone in every place. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere, right? He's not limited to four walls. And so maybe you don't know God yet. And maybe what I'm talking about today sounds a little strange, right? Spending time in the presence of God. But I tell you, all of this because I want you to know what you can experience when you spend time in God's presence. Are you ready for this? Okay. If, if you don't know God, I want to encourage you with these things. The Bible says that when we spend time with God, you get the fullness of joy. Psalm 1611 says, you will make known to me the path of life and in your presence is the fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. You get rest. In Exodus 33:14 it says, "The Lord replied, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." Guys, I don't if you're not excited about this, I don't know what will excite you because these two things alone, joy and rest, I will take all of that that I can get, right? And it tells me right here that it's in God's presence is where we're filled with those things. And guess what else you get? Freedom. You get freedom. It says in 2 Corinthians 3:17, "Now the Lord is spirit." And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we just heard God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. So when we take that action step to, to mentally and physically say, okay, God, I'm coming into your presence. I'm ready for what you want to do in my life. It says there is freedom in the presence of God. Right? So the Bible also says, that today is the day of salvation. So I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, uh, if you haven't ever experienced God's presence, today can be your day. And if you have questions, please send us a message or put it in the comments. We want to uh, help you. We want to pray with you. We have um, a resource that we can send you that answers some questions about what's next or how to just practically start living for 
for Christ. So be encouraged, today is the day of salvation. Today is your day. And um, I also have a challenge for everybody, okay? Are you ready? I know this has probably been a lot, but I, it's just been so heavy on my heart. And like I said, I'm talking to myself because it's been on my heart for myself and for my family. I want my daughter to know what it's like to spend time with God and to know that she will never be the same when she experiences God, God's goodness and His grace and His forgiveness and His mercy and His love, right? The biggest thing that God talks about, the, the whole, the gospel message, God Himself says that for God so loved, it's all about His love. God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for us. I want people to experience God's love that he pours out onto us when we are with him, right? So our challenge today, how have you, and I want you to look at, let's look at ourselves. Let's not look at our neighbor or our spouse or anybody else, but for me, how have I changed in the last six or even three months from spending time in the presence of God. How do I look different to the people around me? We, we learned earlier that if growth isn't happening, we need to change something. We need to adjust, right? Because it's healthy to keep growing. If Emma's not growing, I'm concerned, right? So how have I changed in the last three to six months from me spending time with God? There should be a, a cause and effect here, an action and a reaction. Has the, tra the trajectory, that is, listen, I'm just gonna address the elephant in the room. Who created that word? That is a hard word to say. <laughs> How has the course of my life changed? Do you have new vision for the future like Saul? Has your perspective changed? Has God given you new dreams for the future? Have the people around you noticed that your life is not the same? that your speech has changed, that your comments on social media has changed, that they're different, that you have a servant's heart for the people around you and for your community. Are you full of joy? Are you rested and are you free? These are all signs of being in the presence of God. And especially these last three things, joy, rest, freedom. We should be experiencing those, guys. It's in His Word. It's for us right now today. It's for you. It's for me. It's for my family. Um, and I, I just want to say, too, that the presence of God, yes, it's everywhere, but God also shows us that in Scripture. His presence is there at the beginning and the end, right? It says in, um, in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He was there, his presence was there in the beginning, right? In Revelations 22:20, it says, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen, come Lord Jesus. The Bible ends with the promise of Christ's return, of his presence right here with us. So what does it look like to spend time in the presence of God? Guys, this is my challenge. Make time every day this week, a specific time where you can either by yourself get in the presence of God, but also most importantly, get your family together and show them what it looks like to worship. Study the word together. Pray together, right? This is how discipleship happens. We can only do so much together when we come together, right? For like two or three hours a week. Discipleship happens 
the other 124 hours we have in a week when we're worshiping together, when we're praying together, when we're studying his word. Guys, this can happen in your homes, with your children, with your spouse, with your friends. Guys, get into the presence of God. Make it, make a decision today to do that just for a week and see what God does in you, okay? If I say I'm a Christ follower, I want you to see that difference in me. I want the people around me to see that difference in me. So I challenge you today, get in the presence of God. He has great things waiting for you. Joy, rest, freedom. This is for all of us today. And church, I challenge you, once we're in the presence of God, let's get out there and do what God has called us to do. We're equipped, right? We're encouraged. And now let's share the gospel of Jesus for he is so good and salvation comes only through him. So let me pray for you today before we go. Hello, Father. I thank you for the time that we have this morning, God, just to learn about getting into your presence more, God, and allowing you to move and to mold us and to shape us. God, we give you that freedom just to do what you want in our lives. God, change our vision, change our perspective, Father. Change what we look like to the people around us. Father, I pray for everyone watching, God, that this week as they spend time with you, whether it be in the morning before their day starts or in their car or at night before bed when they're doing devotions with their family or turning on worship music with their family, God, I pray that you fill them because only you can fill them, Father, with joy and with rest and freedom, Father. I thank you, God, that you are a, a big God, bigger than anything that we can do ourselves. And I thank you, Father, that you are the one who fills us up when we spend time in your presence. And God, I pray that you fill everyone watching today with joy, rest, freedom, with, with uh, your peace overflowing, God, so that we can overflow into others around us. I thank you, Father, for you are so good. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for your sacrifice, God. In Jesus' name, amen.